Just a quick reminder, if you've been trying links that I've mentioned on any of these recent episodes of the show and they don't work, technology changes and some of the things we offer change. So what we've decided to do is put everything that's current over at photobizhelp.com forward slash links. And anything that isn't current probably won't work. So if you're having trouble with a link that doesn't work, that's probably why. Head on over to photobizhelp.com forward slash links. Or if you're following along at photobizhelp on Instagram, it's the link in the bio. We kind of forget that we are the experts. Like clients don't know light like we do. We spend half our life like staring into the sun. I mean, not directly, but you know what I mean? Like watching light, seeing how it plays. They don't do that. So we have to step into the expert role. And I would say 90% of the time, 99 actually, the client says, oh, no worries, totally fine. This is the Photo Business Help Podcast, a resource for photographers of all levels from brand new to burnt out who believe that business growth starts with personal growth. I'm your host, Natalie Jennings. I created Jennings Photo back in 2010 and have been happily full-time since, but not without some mistakes along the way. Those lessons, plus what's really helped me thrive financially and personally, are what I want to share with you so you can grow with your photo business too. You'll also hear stories from other photographers and industry folks, as well as my favorite ways to be more mindful and happier on this journey. Today, I'm talking with Fiona Margot. She is a family adventure photographer, mountaintops at sunset, all that gorgeous stuff that you see out of the Pacific Northwest. That is her stuff. Check the show notes for our previous chat, which we did, I think, about like a year and a half ago. But if you are interested, she's doing some amazing stuff to help photographers with marketing. If you're hitting a block where you're sick of Instagram or you don't really know how to create effective content, or you're just, you feel like you're just worn out by the whole marketing thing. She has some awesome tips. She does a phenomenal job marketing her business, and it's well worth a listen if any of that interests you. Before we jump in, here are a few words from the folks that support this show. So if you're like most photographers, you probably didn't go into business for paperwork. Does the chaos of invoices, emails, to-dos make you a little crazy? Well, that is where 17 Hats comes in. Their all-in-one, mobile-friendly platform organizes your entire business. 17 Hats handles things like time-sucking tasks, payment reminders, capturing leads, and scheduling your meetings. With 17 Hats, important emails go out automatically. Quotes, contracts, and invoices, click, click, paid, So it's a small wonder that thousands of photographers swear by 17 Hats. You'll free up so much time from day-stealing to-dos. It's like you've cloned yourself. You'll be able to focus on what you do best, which is obviously photography. Meanwhile, 17 Hats does exactly what you need done to manage your business, just as if you were doing it. So why not clone yourself with 17 Hats? Visit 17hats.com to learn more with the discount code PHOTOBIZHELP. That's 17hats.com with the discount code PHOTOBIZHELP. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. It's your returning interviewee. Interviewee, is that a thing? Yes, returning. Absolutely excited to be here. 
Yeah, it's great to have you. And we'll link to your other interview in the show notes too, because why not? That's fun. Okay. So for folks that maybe missed that interview, or since it's been a while, I think we were trying to figure it out. It's probably been about a year and a half. Maybe just a little overview of like what kind of photography you do and just kind of your current offers and your 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 vibe. Sure. So I started in 2010, um, just doing what a lot of people do, sessions in the local park, that sort of thing. And then I live in Washington with some of the most beautiful backdrops in the world. So about five years ago, I really wanted to transition to adventure family photography, which was not super well known at the time. It's become a lot more popular. And over that time, I've just kind of built my business up to really serve that clientele. And I shoot in the mountains all around Washington and it's been amazing. So I am in a process of slowing down a tiny bit because while I love that work, it's a lot of driving and a lot of time away from my girls. So I'm still doing that. And then I've transitioned a little bit into the education space with a major focus on marketing for family photographers. That's great. Yeah. And we'll definitely talk about that because everything you're doing is is super cool and your photography is gorgeous. Before we jump in, I know we were going to talk about like changes in marketing and, you know, everything in that space with social and everything. But I am really curious about one thing that popped into my head as far as being really specific with your clients. Like when you're doing adventure family photography, there's obviously like a time of day and a location and a sort of preparation that has to go into that. How do you set boundaries or prepare your clients, you know, like, I'm not going to shoot at noon, or I'm not, you know, we're not going to go there or, Mm -hmm. you know, etc, etc. I think sometimes um, it's a question I get fairly often where people are bummed out about not really getting the quote unquote, ideal setting and uh, situation for for their style, because clients can be a little bit I mean, some clients, not all, but, you know, we'll say like, oh, we'd like to just do it at this time or we don't really want to drive that far or, you know, that kind of thing. Like, do you come across any of that with your clients? Not anymore, really hardly ever. So one thing that was a mindset transition for me where I went from if I want them to hire me, I have to do what they want to if they want to hire me, I'm the expert. And that came through so clearly in my marketing and branding of my brand that people just really don't question my policies because the trust is high. And so building a high trust brand is the goal I have for every single photographer. Because even if I have someone who approaches me and says, oh my gosh, I love this session, but my kiddo goes to bed at five. Can we start the session at four? It's an absolutely hard no. The reason for that is because if I do that, then they're going to be disappointed because the photos are going to look nothing like what is in the portfolio that they fell in love with online. And then I'm going to be disappointed because that's not the light that I love to shoot in. So I think what it is, is actually stepping into that expert role and saying to people, this is what works and this is what doesn't. This is what doesn't work. We kind of forget that we are the experts. Like clients don't know light like we do. We spend half our life like staring into the sun. I mean, not directly, but you know what I mean? Like watching light, seeing how it plays. Totally. They don't do that. So we have to step into the expert role. And I would say 90% of the time, 99 actually, the client says, oh, no worries. Totally fine. We'll stay up later that night and it's fine. And if they say, oh, I can't do it. I'm, I have a list of referrals and I'll send that person out. That's how important it is for me to stick to my own rules. I operate my business on the line of resentment. If I'm going towards something that's causing me resentment, I will steer away from that as quick as possible because an unhappy artist is not a productive artist. 
I love that you brought that up. We talk about resentment quite a bit on on this podcast, and I also do it in my coaching. But it wasn't. It took me a while to get to a place where I was like, "No, I'm, we're not going to do it at one p.m." You know, in the middle of the day, kind of thing. Because I I realized that you're right. Like I'm the expert, and after a certain amount of time, you recognize the conditions and the places that you like to work in. Mm -hmm. And I think when you're first starting out, as a lot of listeners of this show often are, it's scary to kind of say no like that. And you're also maybe not quite sure what you like. You know, some people mm -hmm. have a style that really captures a harder light mm -hmm. really well, you know, so I think I think there's a couple of things at play. But maybe the idea is once you've figured out what your style is, as yours is really, really well established, you know, you got to put up those boundaries. Uh, so people get what they see. Yeah. And I mean, it's been, it definitely takes time and it definitely takes the ability to trust yourself as an artist. I always recommend that people do a ton of portfolio building for free right in the beginning. And really what they're doing is just trying out all kinds of things and seeing what they love. And then once they find that thing that they love to shoot, just hyper focus on that one niche for a while. Um, and you can expand once you're out of growth, growth phase. But I think sometimes people think if I can be everything to everyone, I will do better. And I mean, my business is so specific and I book out my entire year. It's adventurous, snuggly families who drive two to three hours to meet me on mountaintops. I mean, that's a specific group of people and I have no trouble finding clients and I have no trouble with people paying me and feeling that I'm being paid for my worth and all of those things. But so much of that was saying, this is what works. This is what doesn't. You can trust me. And they do. And even, even though that process seems maybe complicated, like we're meeting in a mountain, you need to know your styling. Maybe you've never been there before. People are booking those sessions through online booking without even talking to me first because my brand trust is so high. And so that's why I think it's so important to figure out what you love and then focus on that and then educate your clients through your marketing so that they don't have to come to you with every single question and wear out your email inbox. And then they're easily able to book with you because they have everything answered and the imagery that you're showing is so consistent. The other trouble that people run into is that they will do like the ideal shoot, right? And then they want to shoot more of those. But in the background, they have all of these other clients that they're shooting at noon at the park to kind of get funds in the bank, which I understand. But that is the pile of people who often end up as unhappy clients because they're not getting what you're actually showcasing. So you do have to be really careful of, you know, we're very much a group of professionals who love a good model call, right? Like we love like the beautiful family that's styled. But if you build your entire brand off of that, but then you're saying yes to the person who wants to shoot at noon in the park and they think they're getting this model call look, it's just going to lead to unhappiness on both parts. So being specific, laying a hard no, having boundaries is difficult, but well, well worth it. Yeah, that's all so good. And I can't stress enough. I agree with you a thousand percent. The The being specific thing is so important and also so scary for people. But I think if you can lean into that and trust it and stick with it, you'll find that the people will start to come to you because mm -hmm. it, it really is exactly as you described. Is there anything you said that you, and we'll move into some of the marketing stuff because I'm you know really curious about everything that you're doing, but is there anything that you don't like about this style and business model that you otherwise love? Not really. I mean, I really like that my business feels very inclusive because there's no, I'm not, people aren't 
contacting me first. I'm not looking them up on, you know, people will say that to me, they're like, oh, I looked this person up on social media and they didn't look ideal. And I'm like, whoa, like, how can you, you can't know that. That seems very exclusionary. Um, so I like that basically my book's open to the masses. It's a race. I mean, it's become actually really fun. I do my, I book up my whole year pretty much on Black Friday. So my email just blows up with people who've been waiting all year. I mean, it's a really fun experience. So the only thing that's hard is, as I, as the artist, if I don't plan it right, I can overwhelm myself. So if I don't leave myself breaks or whatever, these are people that have been on the books, you know, since November. So there's no chance of me saying like, hey, can I shift things around? Because often they're traveling, they've planned their year around it. So as long as I take care of my own mental health, then I feel like the business model and booking strategy works really well for me. That's awesome. And I think that's important in anything that we do, you know, not not overdoing it. And I've definitely been there with weddings where I'm like, Oh, my gosh, why did I do three in one weekend? You know, that kind of thing. But speaking of mental health, I think that kind of segues into the social media thing, because a lot of people, (laughs) a lot of people are really kind of poo pooing social media or just feeling like it makes them feel down or just kind of like, I just don't want to like, have to do this for my business. What are your thoughts on that? Let's just kind of whatever comes to mind, we can start there. So, I mean, I feel like over the past year, I noticed this dip in my own Instagram engagement where I was basically stagnant for pretty much nine months. Nothing. I was getting really low engagement on everything because I was just posting static imagery. And obviously that was the point in the algorithm where Instagram was like, actually, we've decided to become TikTok's little brother. So we're not interested in your static imagery. So I thought like, okay, well, I'm someone who loves data. So I started testing all kinds of things. I said, I know I have to start doing reels if I want to stay on this platform. But I'm not like someone who's going to go dancing or talking to the camera or pointing. So I started making these kind of massive gifts of my whole session. So I'd make a gif with like 500 images in it. And it almost looked like a video. And so I felt like, okay, I've taken this new rule of this free, I try to remember that these platforms are free, right? So they don't owe me a ton, but I owe myself showing up authentically still. So I think that's where people are getting into a box where they feel like, okay, things have transitioned. So I have to become someone else. And I think the challenge is how do I show up authentically with the new rules of this platform? So for me, that was creating these kind of large gifts and they've been really fun. I do have to be careful about the time commitment of doing that. Um, And then I've also invested a lot of time in other platforms. Like I'm a huge fan of Pinterest. I think so many family photographers are underutilizing it. I had a four random inquiries come in just this month that were just for random mountain shoots. That's mostly what they're for. And I squeezed two of them in and they were all four from Pinterest. Because it's a visual search engine where people are absolutely looking there to find photographers. It's about seeing what's happening and transitioning if you want to or bowing out if you want to. But I don't think it makes sense to spend a ton of energy just feeling down in the dumps for too long about it because we really don't have much control over what these applications do. So I understand that it's very frustrating, but it is also a free marketing channel and it's a great way to test data. So there's so much information on the back end of a of a business profile that you can say, hey, this does really well, this converts really well, this doesn't. And then you can use that data and push that sort of content out onto other social media platforms like Pinterest or even TikTok is one. I know people are really still resistant. I was an early TikTok adopter, so I do like it, but I haven't used it too much for my business. So it's all about 
transitioning a little bit or fading away and being okay with that. And I have had photographer friends, you know, been in the business for 10 years. A friend of mine, I just saw her post today and she was like, I'm not interested in this new Instagram. So you can find me here, here, here. And that's perfectly fine as well. Just don't let yourself disappear completely. I think that's great advice. And I also think as pretty strong believer that you can build your business outside of Instagram, you know, that there are a lot of different ways to do that. It, some might take longer than others. Uh, but I like that you brought up Pinterest as well as, you know, as a search engine, because it, it is a search engine. And people, I think, forget that rather than it just being like a, a social media platform. And that's an excellent way to really get your stuff out there. I also enjoy data, but I know that people are super overwhelmed by it. Do you have any recommendations for people that are like, yeah, I should probably start paying attention to my numbers? Like where to start with that? You know, just like a couple of metrics that you find really valuable? I mean, I just really look at shares and saves. Those those are the things where I say like this inspired this person or resonated enough with them to take that additional action. So those are the two that I pay the most attention to. And I know that things that have those higher numbers, like if I'm boost going to choose to boost a post and actually put money onto the platform, I'm not going to choose the image that I like the best. I'm going to choose the image that's shared and saved the most by the client who is involved in my, in whatever social media platform that is. So you don't have to overthink the data. It's just about making using the data to make an informed choice. And going back to Pinterest, I actually didn't realize how powerful it was until until my Pinterest board started showing up on Google for my keywords. So it's so much more powerful than wow. we even know. Um, so I definitely, if people are like, I'm sick of Instagram, where should I go? I'm like, you could build your whole business off Pinterest if you wanted to. You mm -hmm. could also build your whole business off of taking really, really good care of your clients, having a solid referral program and an email list and, and never posting on Instagram again. It's what you said. It's about, I tell people to pick three avenues and pour into those. And usually if you do that, you can find enough traction to book out. But what people are doing right now is they're posting the engagements down, they feel bad, they retreat, and they become invisible, and then they're not booking out as they should. So it is about mustering up that bravery and trying a few new things. And you will fail and fall. I always tell this to people who are trying out new marketing things. It's like, if you're not failing, you're not doing anything. Like there will be yeah. people <laughs> put together like the best thing ever. And I'm like, so excited. And, and like a week later, it's like two people have still viewed this. I'm like, okay, great. So it's just Trent trying again. Yeah, yeah. And I think it speaks to what you said about, um, I'm not going to put my favorite image up because one of the things that I've implemented in my business the last couple of years is, is a proofing system. I used to just choose the ones and edit a whole bunch and give them. So now my clients are proofing their images and then I edit them afterwards. And man, is that eye opening because mm -hmm. sometimes we both like the same one, but almost always they're picking stuff that I wouldn't have picked. And I think paying attention to that uh, is really valuable as far as, you know, when you put together a post or whatever it is you're going to do mm -hmm. with those images, it's it's huge. When you boost something on social or just, I guess, any any sort of post that you do, do you have a specific call to action that you offer people or does it change? You know, I think that's one of the things that can be a little confusing for people like people will put a lot of effort into a beautiful post for example but then like not have a call to action or and it just kind of sits there is there anything that you do with that well i think it's really really smart in this day and age if you are on instagram to have a very very low cost ad running all the time 
And that would be like a ad that or an image that you posted that has a lot of traction, a reel, something like that. So that next time you do want to post, Instagram knows more about your audience and they can better target. So that's my first line of advice. There's always have something and it can be like cheap, cheap, you know, like a dollar a day, if that. Um, so I definitely think that is very important just for that data aspect of data gathering. And then for me, what I do is I and when I teach my photographer students, I try to get them to market seasonally because when you are a photographer and you're looking out at the vast landscape of the entire year, it can feel really overwhelming. But if you chunk it down into seasons and then you look at that season and you say, I want to book X, Y, and Z, and then you break down the fact that you should probably talk about each of those things five to seven times, and then you can create that content and then you can repurpose it the next spring or repurpose it for fall or repurpose it for summer. Then when you choose to boost whatever it is that you want to boost, it's much more clear because you are going to choose the post that talks about how to get on the calendar for X thing and things that are specific when they're boosted do better anyway. A generic, like I see sometimes these things that people have boosted and it's very, very generic. So it's like a family photo and it's like, book with me today, which is great. But like, what if it was a little more specific? What if it was, I only have three sessions left for spring. And then you listed off 10 reasons or three reasons why you love spring. And it's an educational post as well as being motivational, that sort of thing. If you're going to take the time and effort to boost it, you might as well make it a good call to action with a little bit of motivation and education sprinkled in there, because why not? Yeah, why not? <laughs> no, that's great. And I love, I love, uh, I also love repurposing. I think creating, you know, we put all this effort into creating stuff and being able to dig into a folder or wherever you keep stuff, you know, the next year or whenever is so nice because, yeah. you know, these things take time. And I think that's probably where most people get derailed and, and mm -hmm. disappears is just it takes time and consistency and coming up with new content all the time is exhausting. Yeah, I use just Canva and I label mm. all my folders like fall marketing images, spring marketing images. And then if I want to go in there and tweak anything I can. And like if I'm going to blog about a family, for example, then I blog about the family and I optimize it in a way that I know it's going to show up really well on Pinterest. And then at the bottom, if I've created a reel about that family, that reel goes in the blog post that I've uploaded from YouTube because YouTube is also really, really good SEO. Mm. That same video goes on Pinterest because Pinterest loves vertical video just like everyone else does. Those images go on Pinterest. All that stuff goes in my story and I can also post on Instagram. So I've taken one batch of content and just sprinkled it around. And I think that's the thing that a lot of people are missing is they're trying to reinvent the wheel every time they show up online. And it's just not necessary. You And once you start that process, it becomes automated. You become like a little marketing robot. So now I can have an hour and bust out like three different piles of content and have it set for the next two weeks. And that's really nice. That is so nice. And I, I've taught that in the past for quite a long time. I used to do a content creation class about five or six years ago. And it was with this idea of sort of like the blog post at the head mm -hmm. and really being intentional about that content and then saving those images and saving that copy somewhere where you can just kind of modify it and, and put it in all those other places. So exactly. if you're overwhelmed by this kind of stuff, like that is one of the first things I would also totally agree with. Yeah. And the copy too. I mean, the copy can become your Instagram caption. It can, be, it can go in an email if you're doing a spring update. I just think we, and, and the thing is people think like next spring, I'll have to come up with something new. Nope. Nobody's going to no. remember. We have no one's paying that much attention. <laughs> no, I have two or three captions that I post like every probably 
15 months or so. And every time people are like, oh my gosh, I, I love this. And I'm like, I, you've seen it, but you just can't remember. And so it's okay to utilize those things too. Nobody is asking for perfection and there is no way to do it perfectly. Yeah, no, that's great. I love all your marketing tips. And I think you've given people some really good places to to start because some of this stuff is, um, it's just, it's really accessible and it's really game changing. And I'm curious if you want to chat about it, like what your course offerings are and what you're kind of doing to help people that really want to get better at marketing with their photo business. Sure. So right now I'm kind of revamping my initial course to be a blueprint where we talk about the four steps that you need to follow to just build a trusted brand, kind of like I talked about in the beginning of the interview, which just really overcomes objections and you don't have people pushing back and they just book happily with you, which is what we all want, right? So Mm -hmm. um, the the course is that, and then it's attached to a monthly membership because when I was just doing the course, what I noticed is that marketing changes all the time. And, you know, Instagram's updating their terms of service, Pinterest is, I was going in and tweaking it. And I thought, well, I'll just create a space. So it all takes place on a private Instagram account because I know that's where people already are. And I talk about three mini topics a week and then do a live. And the people in the group have access to me for anything that they're running into personally. And it's been super fun to just see people implement and grow and book out. And so that's called the Family Photographer Marketing Society. And I'm ready to push it more in the fall. My my summers are so busy as is because mm, that's, sure. these mountains are only open, these high ones, from June through September a lot of the time. So I have this tiny oh, wow. window to shoot up there. But yeah, I'm really excited to see where it goes and grows. And then I actually just got a studio space here on Bainbridge Island where I live. And I want to do a lot of in-person teaching in there as well. So people can come over for the day. I bought this white table with these velvet chairs. It's super feminine. They can hang out. I got fiber internet. It's so fast. So I want to have work parties and talk about marketing and teach. So I'm really, really excited for what's to come on the education side of my business. Oh, right on. That's awesome. Well, and you've shared with me all of the links and stuff. So if you're listening and and you want to follow or join any of this stuff that Fiona's offering, uh, it'll be in the show notes. But just for some redundancy, where's the best place that people can find and follow you? So everything is linked on Instagram, which is just Fiona Margo, M-A-R-G-O, just that one or those two words smooshed together. Perfect. Well, I get so fired up when I do these interviews, because even though it's stuff that I teach, I'm like, you know, you're going through like, what, what do I need to like revisit in my own business? And <laughs> yeah. it's, it's nice to feel excited about it. Good. One final thing before I let you go. Mm-hmm. I always like to ask people this, but any just random word of advice for people that are starting their photo business or trying to grow it that pops in your head, something that's helped you stay on course, something that motivates you, any whatever. Is there anything that that you'd like to share? Yeah, I would say that it's totally okay to put blinders on and focus on yourself, especially in the beginning. Even if that means that you follow people to be kind and then mute them afterwards, that's totally okay. It's really, really intimidating to be putting out art in a creative space where everyone else is also sharing art. So it's Mm. okay to just put your blinders on, focus on your own journey, step into your expert role. And then once you're confident and you feel good, then you can open up your, you know, your mindset a little bit more and look around and see what other people are doing. But if you get stuck in that comparison, it'll just derail you. So just focus on you. That's awesome advice. I think one of one something that's uh, along those same lines that someone told me a long time ago was, you know, just, uh, 
follow people and experience art that isn't this is when I was starting my wedding photography stuff that isn't wedding photography, you mm-hmm. know, like, so like you're saying, like blinders on, like stay in, you know, create your art the way that, you know, you, you want to, the way your heart wants to, and then, you know, still be inspired, but you're not doing that comparison game, which I think is totally. huge. Yeah. And I have, this is just a, a weird thing that I've set my Instagram up that really is, was healing for my mental health when I was really in the bottom pit of comparison is I started, I love children's illustrators. So I started Mm. following all these children illustrators and saving that type of art. And it inspired my own art because it's very snuggly and warm. And then my whole Instagram became just art that wasn't photography, but art that I love to see. So just take care of your own mind. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's great advice. And if you, if you don't want, if you still want to support people that are in the industry and and give them likes and stuff like that, I mean, you can certainly, like you said, either mute stuff or just hashtag search wedding photography and and like a few things. You know, it doesn't have to be part of your feed. I want to plug a friend of mine who's a past client. Her name's Kayla. She was one of my first wedding clients way, way back in the day, but she is a phenomenal uh, children's book illustrator. Mm. So she's at Kayla Heron on Instagram and I can send you her stuff. Oh, yes. Send it to me. I have a yeah. whole Instagram highlight of art that I love. Yay. I'll send it over. But yeah, if you're looking for some really cool art, that's a good one to follow too. So thank you, Fiona. It's always fun to catch up with you. And uh, hopefully we can do this again sometime soon. Yes, I would love that. Thank you so much for chatting with me. It was so fun. Totally. One more quick reminder. If you're feeling overwhelmed right now, disorganized, check out 17 Hats you'll be able to focus on what you do best, photography. Meanwhile, 17 Hats does exactly what you need done to manage your business, just as if you were doing it yourself. Go to photobizhelp.com forward slash 17 hats to get 50% off your first year. 